0: Welcome to Peace Lutheran Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Brad Schollenberg. It's the second week of Advent. We're talking about peace. If you were to ask the Creator for something for this world, the world in which we all live, your world, what would you ask for? Think about that for a minute. What does our world need more than anything else? I thought about that for a while and I realized I don't have all the knowledge of all the needs that are in the world, so I would just make a guess based on what I perceive happening in the world. I could also ask myself, what do I want for myself or my loved ones? I could even ask the new parents in church, what do they want for their brand new son? Some people might say, I just want all people to be happy. That's good, but happiness is a byproduct of something else. Some people use drugs or alcohol or fantasy to find happiness. That's not so good. Some people might say health. If everyone was just healthy, that would certainly make the world a much better place. Yes, but even health is a byproduct of other things, like clean water, maybe good food, good environment, And not everyone has access to that. Some people say love is what the world needs. Matter of fact, there's a song. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just so little love. But love is such a general term. Do you mean erotic love, or friendship love, or sacrificial love, or I love pizza? What does this world need? I wonder if anybody guessed justice. God, please get rid of all the sin and evil and all the injustice in the world. A lot of people would like God to snap his finger and just get rid of it all. And it's a great idea. Get rid of sin and you get rid of evil and all of its consequences. Think about it it is a great idea what would the world look like without sin and without evil without tyranny and without injustice well we actually get a picture in the Old Testament lesson for today God uses words we're used to everything being portrayed for us in pictures these days But as soon as we try and put words into paintings or pictures, then we start to get the artist's interpretation or their views coming out. That can be a good thing and a bad thing, but God gives us words and he's going to trust our imaginations. In other words, maybe we need to just think a little bit longer on what we hear God's words say. It's an incredible picture from an incredible prophecy from the prophet Isaiah written around 700 B.C. And this is what he says. I think you should close your eyes if you're not driving and ponder these words from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6 to 9. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will live will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy, on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be glorious. Wow, I want that. It's a picture of peace and security. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. Peace, unending, uninterrupted peace, and this overall sense of security. I'm okay, you're okay, everything is going to be okay. And what I find very interesting about this prophecy is that these predatory animals are acting very different than their nature would suggest. There is no aggression. There is no survival of the fittest. There's no bloodshed. There is peace and there is harmony. Now I think that this is a prophecy that gets us to think way back to the Garden of Eden where everything lived in perfect harmony under the rule and reign of God who created everything, who blessed Adam and Eve with the job to manage and take care of it, Now, here's the really good news. This is a prophecy from our Heavenly Father. And when God says something is going to happen, well, it does. This perfect picture of paradise is headed our way. This sense of peace and security is promised. Do we have to do something to earn it? Do we have to do something to make it happen? Well, no, it's not going to be ushered in by our efforts The Bible is very clear how this is going to be possible. And I'm here to tell you the story. You see, sin is the problem in our world, and it taints everything. And where does sin reside? Yes, it's in our world, but it also resides in us. Each and every one of us, it's part of our very nature, And if God were to snap his finger, his almighty finger, and just say a word and believe you me, he could, then he would get rid of all of us. So I'm so glad that God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our needs and he well provides. So what does God do? He sends us a king to save and to lead us, to usher in this beautiful world of peace and security. Now let me read for you from God's Word, the section before what I just read earlier, and you see how this is going to happen. A shoot, this is from Isaiah 11, verse 1, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom, And of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. Jesse was the father of King David, and it was through Jesse's son David that the promised Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, would eventually come. But in the 700 years from Isaiah to Jesus, that royal line would be chopped down. And by the days of the beginning of the New Testament era, there was nothing but a stump left of the royal family of David. No descendants of Jesse's son David was sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. Instead, it was occupied by a tyrant named Herod or better, it was really occupied by the Romans. Isaiah prophesies that from the stump a little shoot would come, and that little shoot was none other than Jesus Christ. Like a shoot or a branch, Jesus' beginnings were quite humble. Think about it. He was born in relative obscurity. His first bed was a feeding trough for animals. His mother and stepfather were insignificant nobodies from Nazareth. And another interesting point is the Hebrew word netzer that is translated branch. Many scholars believe that this is the passage that Matthew points to when he says that it was prophesied that he shall be called a Nazarene. So where did Jesus grow up? In the small town of Nazareth, talking about prophetic details. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. All the important things this king will need in order to judge perfectly. When we have to make important decisions, what do we want to know? Well, we want to know everything. We want to know the facts. Well, this coming king will have all knowledge and all wisdom and the power to carry it out. This is who, the king that is coming, he is none other than Jesus Christ, none other than God himself. So the first two verses of Isaiah 11 speak about who it was that would come. And the rest of the verses speak about what he's going to do. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. This king is coming to judge. He's coming to bring justice. He's coming to judge not in the sense of overseeing a trial, but in the ancient sense of delivering justice. Like the men of the community back in the old days, the elders would, who were respected, they'd sit at the gates of the city and decide the questions of justice. You know, one neighbor would appeal For justice from another in the presence of the elders, they could only judge by what they saw or what they heard. Jesus will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. I mean, it sounds strange. He will not judge by what he sees or hears, but by righteousness and fairness. We have all seen situations where evil was dressed up as good or a lie paraded about as the truth. We have seen where they make the bad guys appear to be the sympathetic looking victim. We all heard, if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. And that is where this judge will be very different. Because you cannot deceive him with appearances. You cannot dress it up so that truth looks false or evil looks holy. He sees the reality, and he will judge with righteousness and decide with fairness, period. And there will be justice at last. This prophecy about the coming of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, while we heard that John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness about the coming of his kingdom, and his winnowing fork is in his hand, justice and righteousness. And what this prophecy doesn't tell us, but there are plenty of others that do, is that this king of kings is going to take the sins of the entire world upon himself and he's going to suffer the penalty for them all. And he's going to die on the cross in our place for our sins. The justice of God will be fully carried out on him. Why? So that we might be saved and live forever and be free. And that all happened on Good Friday, didn't it? And here is the result of that perfect justice. Here is the fruit of the shoot of Jesse. Here is what Jesus accomplished and will be accomplishing for us. Here's what it looks like. The wolf, the lamb, the leopard, The goat, the calf, the lion, the cow, the bear, the ox, the cobra, the little child all living together in perfect harmony. The point they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be glorious. I mean, these verses speak to the consequences of having a perfect king reigning with perfect justice. And the picture is paradise. Here we have the end result, the lasting result of God's plan of salvation for the whole world, for you and I. And it's absolutely beautiful. And what we have here is a picture of peace and security because when sin and evil and injustice are done away with, think about it, What is left? Peace and security. And what do you and I want more than anything else for ourselves and especially for those we love? Think about it. We want to know that they will be okay, that everything is going to be okay. Peace, well-being, and security. And this will happen all because of Jesus Christ, because God said so back to the Garden of Eden, to the place where God alone ruled and reigned. It was perfect because he is perfect. And the cool thing is that we can experience a bit of this in this life when we know and believe in this God who saves us, not by what we have done, but by his own righteousness. When God's word, his promises, his laws, his wonders, his works rule and reign in our hearts, When the earth is full of the knowledge of the Lord, then they shall not hurt nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. If you are like me and everyone else I know, and you want to know and be sure that everything's going to be all right, that there is going to be peace and security, no more worries, no more injustices, no more sin and evil, then put your trust in the only one who can and is making that happen. You see, as pastor, I see the heartache and brokenness of people's lives. I listen to people whose lives have been completely derailed by sin and evil. I see how the poor have been taken advantage of. And I see how relationships are destroyed through bitterness and fighting. And I see how death robs us of our life and our joy. We can start to see a glimmer of this eternal peace and security in our own lives today when God, through his words, rules and reigns in our hearts and minds. And I love this picture of nature where the wolf and the lamb and the leopard and the goat and the calf and the lion and the cow bear all. And the bear all live together in peace and security. And that doesn't happen in our dog-eat-dog world, in our survival of the fittest world. And notice these animals, they take advantage of each other. And we do the same to each other as humans. They are takers We are takers, we are consumers. But under the rule and reign of Christ, where our sins have been forgiven and we have been given a new nature in Christ, we don't have to follow the old way. We don't have to kick and scratch and claw our way through life. We can be givers and not takers. Why? Because that is now our nature. God is a giver jesus is a giver he gave his life for us and under his command and with his guidance and strength and with his wisdom and knowledge and with the same spirit that filled him we can be givers and peace and security can be the order of the day because in the end everything is going to be okay that is what we have to look forward to i see it already happening in the lives of people i know This is what we do in the church. We become givers, and I see it every day. We recently decided to sponsor a refugee family to give them a new life over here in a safe place. We send members up north to give the kids this message of hope, love, and forgiveness, giving of our time during the summer months. Our young mothers just sent a shipment of little kids' clothes up to the young mothers, in a reserve up north. We cooked hundreds and hundreds, baked hundreds and hundreds of cookies were made to sell to the community to help support the youth ministry. The young adults put together 50 bags for the homeless this Christmas. We have members who died that remembered the work of the church in their wills. We had close, we had all this being done Parking lots plowed free of of charge. Furnaces fixed, no charge for the labor. Members give of their time to go visit the lonely. They give to the food pantry so hungry families can pick up some extra food free. Members give of their time to tidy up the church every week. Members give of their time to lead the various groups in the church and encourage them like seniors in Sunday school and young mothers and young adults The musicians give of their time. All the volunteers. We're not going to change the world. Jesus will do that one day when he returns and gets rid of sin and evil for good and ushers in a new heaven and earth. But in the meantime, God is changing one heart at a time by ruling and reigning and providing peace and security. And then another, and then another. The world becomes a better place when it's full of the knowledge of the lo- and love of the Lord. And I'll say that again. Better yet, I'll let God's word say it from Isaiah 11 verse nine. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do you want to be considered they? Do you want that peace? Do you want that harmony? Do you want this incredible feeling of well-being? It comes when the earth is full of the knowledge of the Lord, full as water covers the sea. As the knowledge of the Lord fills the hearts and minds of people, then peace and well-being fill the earth. It will never be perfect in this life, but it's a good place to start. We call that the church, where God's word rules and reigns. We gather together every week to be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And is there peace? Yes. And is there love? Yes. And is there joy? Yes. And is there hope? Yes. Every time we gather together and pray, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Rule in my hearts, Lord Jesus. Let your perfect ways, your perfect justice, and your mercy and grace fill my life that I may be a giver like you, that I may enrich the lives of others because you have so enriched me. Amen.